This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Breaking Back Europe. Today is episode 192, and we have some amazing guests. We are on the series called Conquest, where we go after con artists and, uh, you know, we interview people that do this constantly as a job. So today we have with us Trilios Emilia, Trilios Emilia, which is uh, Armstrong and Art, and uh, they work uh, actively going to meet uh, and uh, to see in person uh, people that uh, scam uh, the poor and, uh, you know, the people that uh, scam people that is vulnerable. So let's uh, let's see what uh, is the experience to not just uh, waste the time online, but to actually going and meet uh, and talk face-to-face uh, with uh, people that uh, you know participate in the scam first of all thank you for uh giving us some of your time and sharing your experience with us thank you for having us yes first of all thank you so much for having us on this amazing show and we uh we honored to be here and we cannot wait to share all these awesome experience awesome <laughs> most of the time awesome sometimes dangerous experience that we've been having and continue investigating and busting all these criminals Right. How do you two met? How this thing started? I called one eight hundred number when I was dating, and <laughs> so you were t- <laughs> you were looking for chunky Americans. To hang out with, so. <laughs> um, yeah, we met. Uh, we we you know we both came to this town with a dream. We came obviously from very different parts of the world. Um, we uh, d- didn't come f- uh, far from each other though, as far as right. the timeline goes. Uh, I came in early 2010. He was just slightly 2009 slightly before that. We both came to this town with dreams of of being actors, but not just being actors. We always wanted to create our own content. Um, I personally had been doing it since I was a child and in in different capacities. And uh, we both came to this town and we linked up in mutual circles. Um, uh, maybe a year, year and a half after I moved here, and something clicked something just worked we shared a mentality that not a lot of other people have we shared a a a, a drive and a and a gumption that that was hard to find uh we weren't okay with just waiting for someone to give us opportunities we were always kind of clicking and you know we had a lot of friends in our groups but art and i were always the two that kind of jived the most with with how we were going to approach and and never take no for an answer and do whatever it took um, so that's why we went into business with each other to create a company to make content. Uh, so the company came first and scam baiting came later. It was kind of a natural flow the way things happen, but that, that's how we linked up. And now it's been over a decade. We had a group of friends. It used to be four friends and again, different nationalities. And everybody came to this town for acting, producing, writing, directing, being filmmakers, showrunners, content creators. And um, it's one of those things that, you know, the longer you stay with people, the more you understand. Sometimes it takes immediately, sometimes it takes some time to know 
if those friends are great influence or not, if they can lift you up or they're going to bring you down. And it's kind of like from four best friends, uh, we just notice that every single time when we said we're going to do something, me and Ashton going to show up. If we're going to say we're going to be at 10 o'clock, me and Ashton going to show up. And they just start little by little separating the other two friends. We're still in contact with them, but we not uh, we didn't open business together. We didn't start doing things together. Um, it's it's one of those things that yeah, you stick with people with the same mentality, with the same drive, um, same workaholism. <laughs> workaholism <laughs> sounds like alcoholism. <laughs> you know, work ethic and uh, and right. the rest. Is- the rest is yeah, there are some, 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 yeah, obviously, a basic ethics always help to progress and do things properly. And uh, for sure, you must have some very clear boundaries uh, and, uh, you know, like uh, methods when you deal with scammers uh, and, uh, and, you know, when you decided to confront them in person, either flying in another city and going to their door. Uh, rather than uh, renting an Airbnb and uh, setting up uh, like a sting house uh, or things like that. So which are the boundaries that you put yourself uh, and which are the methods that you like the most to arrive to those moments? It's definitely a growth. Um, You know, I I feel like... um... You know, our channel started out with just scam baiting, you know, wasting scammers time and kind of it was something that we were learning. It was scam baiting in general was very was very small when we were getting started. It's just we're, we're treading new territory. You know, the, a lot of this stuff that we do has never been done before. And so we learn as we go, just like anybody else does. And because the scammers are now being affected by the work of scam baiting of all the people that do scam baiting, they have to adjust, they have to change their methods. Uh, and so that forces us to also change our methods. So it's a constant evolution. That's why uh, the confrontations we do now are pretty different than the ones we did three years ago. And so we have to adjust, we have to adapt. If Personally, I take the most enjoyment out of the sting houses because it gives us the most control over the environment and it allows us to have the most fun. When we're going to someone else's territory, it's it's a, there's a lot more unknowns, there's a lot less we can plan, there's a lot less we can prepare for. Uh, when it's a sting house, which is now becoming more often than anything because scammers have diverted, you know, they don't want to use the mail anymore as much as they used to because of all the interceptions that are going on. So now they're actually sending people to victims' houses to pick up money, which is a terrifying thought. But we're using that as our opportunity to then confront them that way with our own special form of uh, environment that we can welcome them into. <laughs> we have seen incredible things. I'm probably going to share some frames of uh, uh, you dress up uh, like this old man uh, in a coffin pretending to be reviving uh, their vacation. And a Russian nun is always good. (laughs) (laughs) The Russian nun is mostly scary. (laughs) We we actually absolutely blessed that we have such an amazing uh, fan base community. We call them squad. And um, it's, you know, when you have a business and it is a business, we have uh, two offices, we have a dozen employees. And um, it's a financial struggle every single day. You know, every single month you have to pay rent. You know, you have people on the payroll. And for us, ability to do 24-7, 24-7, 365 a year, do this investigation domestically, international. Like, we so lucky, so humble, and so grateful for our community, for our scam-baiting community fans who supporting us, who believing in us, encouraging us to do things like, hey, guys, I can buy you a cup of coffee. I can, you know, uh, do subscription. Whatever people help, 
This is the whole reason why me and Ashton can go investigate, chase, make documentaries, uh, work with our law enforcement and continue putting those criminals, you know, uh, out of service. Yeah, and I, I noticed you are also doing a lot of collaboration with other YouTubers that are more focused on the scamming part, considering, you know, the phases of all this is get the scammer, get the, the identification and go meet them. So you are like outsourcing the first part to, to other YouTubers. Uh, we're going to probably have as a guest one of the people that do collaboration with you. Then that will be more famous in the collaboration that he does than his own channel because uh, he appears uh, very often. So is that it is community between YouTubers that uh, those come baiting. There are some secret meetings where you guys decide how to go toward the next wave of uh, criminals. It's it's a tight knit community. Uh, it, it's definitely gotten a lot bigger in the last two years thanks to uh, the resurgence of of uh, several different channels that have grown, and we, we've been fortunate enough to experience some of that growth ourselves. But yeah, it's a tight knit community, and I, I think a good collaboration. Uh, involves multiple people of many different skill sets. Um, our 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 bread and butter and the things we thrive on are the investigations, the in-person activities, the boots on the ground. But we can't do that alone. You know, we need help. We need cyber experts. We need we need hackers. We need we need help in other realms. And that's where great collaborations come in. And that's why it's such an easy niche to do collaborations in because there are so many elements of scam baiting. It's not just always getting on a plane. Most of the work is done before we even step out of the office. But, you know, uh, we're, we're fortunate enough to be very close with many of scam baiters and, and we respect them all and the work that they do. Everyone has their own style and we're definitely more louder and boisterous, but that's that's who we are and that's what we enjoy. It's funny that you said about secret meetings. Um, um, one of our fellows, um, he actually throwing like yearly kind of, it's not convention, but like he will put all scam baiters under the same roof and he created a people's call center. And once a year, it's been only two years in a row and all scam baiters will get secret location once a year, 10, 20, 30 people, all hackers, and just hack the crap out of scammers. Scammers calling them, deleting files, shutting down call centers, and of course, saving victims. So it's it's very tight community. Everybody knows each other, and that's why it's very important to be a good person, do have a passion for what you're doing, um, respect others, and just continue working respectfully in this community. Yeah, I, I'm sure that having an objective, uh, which is uh, go after the scanners, uh, close them down, shut them down, uh, it, it requires a lot of means, right? Uh, as you say, we need hackers, we need people that can access to the system. So there must be a lot of interesting things that you learn as well, that in these three years that you do this thing that you had not grew before in terms of psychology, in terms of uh, profiling the scammer, in terms of uh, technology that you can use in order to go close, which is the most interesting things that you have learned that is very useful in yeah, you you hit it right on the head. The psychology is definitely uh, one of the most interesting things. You know, we have to learn every day. That's that's and and we're fortunate to be surrounded by so many people that are that are smarter than us, that are that are that are more successful than us. And and we've always believed that. We always believe in surrounding yourself with people that are going to lift you up. And and um, thankfully, we have so many people like that around us. But yeah, it'll it'll uh, you know, scam tactics are always changing and evolving, and the scams themselves are always changing and evolving. But uh, definitely something that's the most hard hitting, at least for me personally, is is the whole 
uh, psychology, as you said, of of victims. And, you know, the the first go to knee jerk reaction of a lot of people that watch these videos think, well, who would fall for this? You know, this is ridiculous, this scam. But it's it's not it's not so cut and dry. And these these scammers are professional manipulators and they they take these people for an emotional ride. And it's it's not just a matter of clicking a link and you lose your money. It's like these these people are actually are actually are are, are manipulating and brainwashing you to believing that uh, uh, these things are a certain way. And and it's heartbreaking to to watch. And, we, and unfortunately, we have to listen to a lot of these things and these these victims going through this and we do whatever we can to stop it. But I mean, I've learned that talking to victims and breaking through that that barrier that the scammers have created is harder than talking to scammers. You know, talking to scammers is just brute force, back and forth, whatever you got to do. But the victims are so oftentimes brainwashed and locked into this way that it's 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 baffling, really, to see how far they can be taken down a rabbit hole. I can give you an example, actually, of what Ashton just said. Uh, last year, we work very closely with um, Indian Cybersecurity Crime Division. And basically, a lot of refund scammers locating in India and uh, victims here in America. So there is no breach. Victims internationally, uh, scammers internationally, right? Criminals. So we need to bring that breach of uh, bring the evidence, testimony. So we know a scam, we know call center owners, scammers. We know everything about this scam. All we need to do, supposed to be the most easiest job ever, go to five different states, five different victims, knock on the door, get testimony verbally or on the paper, bring that to Indian cybersecurity crime uh, division, and those scammers going to get prosecuted. Knocking on a door and getting that testimony, Ash, probably was the most hardest thing. That's what I said. It's talking to victims is harder. It's 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 easier to go confront scammers at right. the front door than it is to go to a victim and try to get a statement. The psychology, not only of the actual scam, but of the of the of the shame that they go through and the embarrassment after learning they've been scammed makes victims not want to talk about it. And when they don't want to talk about it, it's you can't raise awareness about it because they won't share it. And so the rare occasion that we get a victim that's willing to lower their guard and tell all the things that happen from beginning to end is is rare. And but it's so valuable because it gives us an insight into what tricked them, what worked for them. And so then we can Make, raise awareness about that and hopefully prevent future people from falling down the same trap. And it is very interesting because sometimes even the education that you can provide online, it should not directly go to the potential victim because those will never even met with the education. It's easy to educate the family member of a potential victim, to educate the friends, because uh, um, it is uh, something that is so complex, as you say, it's almost the perfect crime, right? Uh, there, there is uh, no Interpol that will follow the full thing because it becomes more compared to other things that are much bigger. But many small things brings out uh, a huge amount of money. Have you ever had an idea of uh, which is the business size of all the uh, scamming that uh, that is happening? It's massive. It's it's an industry. It's it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And, you know, scams are everywhere. Everywhere you go, you can find good people and bad people. There, there's no particular locale that that uh, is is worse than another in, in, in the sense of morality. But you can find uh, certain locales where certain um, scams are more prevalent 
than others based on the the culture and what's available to certain people and and the call center industry in India is huge it's massive and it's it's really organized crime it's almost it's like their own version of the mob they have people that are running these call centers that have thousands of employees these employees are oftentimes blackmailed and forced to be there almost like slave labor it's it's disgusting when you learn how much money they make and how much they abuse their own people to make that money it's 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 a, it's a dark place for sure there is a crime in the land Yes, it is a crime under crime. Hundred percent. There is, you know, like how we all watch these documentaries about Pablo Escobar, Colombian, right? Uh, drug magnet and blah blah blah. There is its own tech version of this criminal, Pablo Escobar, that is specifically in India, specifically in city that named Kolkata, that runs this business for decades and call centers, buildings that is 10 to 15 um, level story uh, buildings, hundreds of employees, billions of dollars, putting government, mayor, or um, police on the payroll. So police protecting this call center that us Americans, when we came, we did our investigation, we tried to you know, um, ex uh, ex not ex explore, expose this call center and all evidence on a police table, on a on a high level, nobody got arrested. It's just it's just one of those things, you know. You do whatever you can, but when there is you know police on the payroll, it's it's hard to bust all these gigantic criminals. I also see you guys. You are exploring different uh, other option in the world of uh, crime. I uh, saw so the last episode. You went into the dark web uh, and see the things that are exposing there. I saw in the past you did uh, different kind of uh, like uh, predators uh, or uh, you know people that try to go with minors and uh, so uh, it is really like uh, a mission to try to do good uh, to, to 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 remove the bad in many different uh, parts. Obviously, it's a business. You do entertainment, so you need to see what your viewers want to view and what. Uh, but uh, the the sole push to try to you should build an S1 army and they send it in very different direction, which is the things that you care the most, but even if maybe it doesn't raise as many views as others, because we know that the planet of scambating is incredible in terms of views, right? But there are other things that are more difficult to say the story, but are equivalent to be bad or even worse, if you want. Well, thank you for doing your research. You've good research. question. You've very good question. I, mean, I, I am. I am a fan. I, I follow you guys. <laughs> day zero. Oh, wow. so, I know. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Well, like I said in the beginning, we didn't set out to do scam baiting from the beginning, uh, and that's why we named our company. The, uh, the name of our channel, the name of our production company doesn't have scam or scam baiting anywhere in the title because we never set out to do just that. It's something that we stumbled into and something that we really enjoy. But as we've developed, you know, we've always wanted to make good, engaging content. It doesn't always have to be about scammers. And for me personally, my I, I, a code of ethics, you could say, revolves around our target, our, our, our victims are those that prey on people that are weaker than them. And that can be scammers, that can be child predators, that can be any, there's, there's so many different ways that can go. We love true crime. We love good entertainment. Um, and you, you brought it up about, about the predators and asked about what our favorite is. I, I, 
the predator stuff gets a lot of clicks too, but the predator stuff, I mean, we could do a whole episode just on this because it's something that unfortunately is really difficult to raise awareness of, not only because it's a sensitive topic, but also the the big tech companies that that support these platforms that we're on in YouTube and, and TikTok and stuff, they 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 are terrified of this topic and and they 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 seemingly do active work to protect the people that are violating these these laws. And so I we take a I love doing predator sting houses. It's yeah. one of my favorite things to do. Unfortunately, we can't do it very often because YouTube silences anyone that goes after predators. It's really unfortunate. And uh they've created a space where talking about something isn't allowed. They, 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 it almost seems as though um, exposing something is the same as advocating for it. And it, it's it, that's uh, unfortunately um, what we have to go by. That's why we have our own platform. That's why we have our own things that we do on our own time. But uh, yeah, we we go after what is what is what is right. We we go after people that prey on the weak. And, you know, we're not interested in going after drug cartels and gangs. And it's just like, you know, that's not that's not what we're doing. We're, we're here. We're not law enforcement. We're here to put a, a shine of light. We think sun effect, sun, sun effect, sunlight is the best disinfectant. And so that's what we try to do wherever we can. Child catcher um, um, community is almost dead. It's like one channel. Predator catcher. Pre predator. They're yeah. not catching. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Uh, predator. <laughs> sorry. Predator catcher. It's nine o'clock. I mean, 10 o'clock. I mean, coffee haven't hit it yet. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's one of those things that Ashton said that um, they treating us, people who is actually go after these child predators, it's equally as you child predator, like you're not allowed to talk, you have to be silent. And um, YouTube family friendly community guidance regulation killed almost every single channel. There is only one channel left that constantly like going after those child predators. And uh, if we didn't want to lose our business, if we don't want to lose our um, uh, Trilogy Media, we have to move the show, we have to move the sensitive topic to Trilogy Plus, which is our own platform. Nobody can tell us what to do. And it's just kind of shame because it's a, such a sensitive topic that everybody can freaking relate. The majority of people have kids. And when somebody go after your kids, after something that you're going to die for, and you're not able to even bring awareness on TikTok, on YouTube. It's it's been hard for us because we we love that, especially you know, go and protecting our kids, our community, neighborhood watch. And um, yeah, we have to shift it. We have to make this show private. We have to go film, do it, catch it, and put on a different platform so we will be able to continue to be alive on YouTube. Yeah, this uh, this uh, sad part of the censorship that is going on uh, in platforms like YouTube. Thank God there is many other alternatives for sure your own platform, but for other people that are like the centralized tube and there are other platforms that are uh, censorless. Uh, and uh, the dark web itself <laughs> can become a place and only for bad things also to post uh, interesting material. I would like to know, uh, between all these uh, years of uh, doing this uh, work and making entertainment, uh, which has been uh, the most creative way that you have uh, pulled out to catch this camera or to scare them or uh, to, to entertain uh, the public while doing also your work? I mean, for sure, the rented coffin with Mortimer inside beat them all, I think, and the, and the Russian nut. That was the best I ever seen, but uh, there must be many others that are very peculiar. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, um, 
like I said, the scammers are evolving and so are we, you know, when I think we did our first scammer confrontation in 2020, right in the heat of the pandemic. And um, that that was a different time for scam baiting for us as a channel, as a company. You know, that was a time when just going to confront one was huge for us, for the viewers. It just it wasn't something that was being done. But now that we've done it so much and now there's a light shined on that part of it, um, you know, it forces the scammers to change, but it also forces us to get more creative. Now we don't just go to the house and confront them anymore because we've learned so much. So now we can have a little more fun with it because we kind of know what we're doing and getting into what, what we're familiar with. And so, yeah, like we're, we're now shifting in a way where now, especially that we have more control over the environment now from sting houses, just to make it more fun, more entertaining. And, and so that, that's where the funeral idea came from. And we have a handful more planned over the next several months that are going to blow that out of the water. And specifically, we're, we're working on something that's going to be awesome for Halloween. We have some other stuff that's unrelated to come after that. So we take every piece of success and and revenue that we can generate from our content to plug it back into the content, grow the company bigger, grow the team. We have an amazing team that we couldn't do any of this without. So it's fun. It's fun to make it more elaborate every step of the way. We don't have a national network budget yet, uh, so we do what we can, but um, we we always give it our all, and so far, so good. The way you're watching mm -hmm. uh the way you're watching us, uh, criminals watching us as well, uh, scammers, like we, we do a lot of live streams, and we will call with our live audience, we'll call uh, scammers and they will recognize us. They subscribe to our channel. They know that we're going live and stuff like that. It's it's like that, you know, cat and mouse game every single time. They will watch, they will see our videos like, okay, uh, Trilogy Media doing this, this, and this. Let's redirect, let's renovate, let's do something different. And we learn about them, they learn about us. and. Us being content creators and, you know, kind of like impractical jokers 2.0 with our own version. We're always like, yeah, you can go knock on the door. Yeah, you can bust this camera. How about we're going to do like this? How about you're going to be that? You're going to be none. You're going to do this. We, we love create these obstacles that when you look like there is no freaking way that scammer or cash mule will go to a funeral, right? And here we go, there is a cash mill holding my hand, and oh, Jesus, I'm sorry, Mortimer is dead, but take my money, take my money, take my money, you know? It's just it's just amazing how greed always comes first. No matter how he dress, what are we doing? Greed, they see money, they know that it's $100,000 or whatever amount of money, they know that he's a victim, and regardless of everything that we're doing, they still do rob you, no matter what, if you're alive or dead. That's just very interesting, and it's actually true. It's very easy to understand why. Um, and in uh, converting somebody, there is a success story where you confronted a cash mule and uh, you convince this person, you make them understand how bad uh, they are doing and how they can help. Uh, so to shift side, that there is some particular success story that you have that you want to share. Well, Going back to the psychology thing you brought up, and uh, this is organized crime, you know, and we every time we confront a scammer, we we learn something new. We we realize that they're at a different different rank. It, and that's the thing that the scammers are so good at. They're so good at creating as many degrees of separation as they possibly can between the victim and final scammer boss. And over the years, we have um, really tried to dive into the humanity, not only of the victims, but also the scammers at the forefront, the ones picking up the phone, the, the, the freshers, as they call them. And 
And over the time, you know, we've talked to collectively thousands of scammers in, in the years we've been doing this. And there's a handful, a small handful of those that we really connected with and actually were able to listen to their story, listen to why they were doing what they're doing and get to the root of why they're there. And they're not all there by choice. And so, um, and I think probably the the most hard-hitting one was Marquisimo. It was the very first one that we ever FaceTimed, we ever talked to on a real human level, developed a relationship with, helped him escape, um, and got him working in a legit ethical business in his home village. And and that's something we've been able to replicate a, hand, few, a handful of times over. And we document the whole thing from start to finish. And not not all of them finished, but that one did. And, and a handful of them have. And it's it's incredible. And again, speaking of community, uh, to start GoFundMe for those ex-criminals, ex-scammers, we would not able to go and open a business for a person who want to escape. We can buy tickets, send him back to hometown that is like 5, 10, 20 hours away from those original call centers. But go and ask your community, hey, we need help. We need to buy a taxi so he can be a taxi driver, so he can provide transportation in his village or get like something, um, um, pictures, taking pictures like DMV or wedding pictures, whatever. Let's buy him a camera, a printer, uh, open him a shop. We've done several times and um, our community always trust us. That's why we don't go and do GoFundMe every single day. It's, you know, a few times when we run, when we know the person's legit and that person need help and he need a fresh start, uh, we're helping. And same stuff go, uh, goes for uh, cash mules. Sometimes there are two different cash mules. The person who knowingly doing this job. He just talking to the boss, going pick up the money and take the percentage. And sometimes we coming across of unknown cash mules that being victims, elderly people who just stuck in this and believing that they actually doing something right. And um, we have, you know, Susan's story, like person lost twenty, thirty thousand dollars uh to Kaspersky uh scam. You know, it was a legit company, but they pretend to be Kaspersky. And same stuff, we ask our community to help. And as of today, we raised over $60,000 and give back to that elderly person who lost everything, every single dollar for two years been standing to a scammer. So it's it's few stories like that. But again, those stories are very impactful. It's very hard to, very close to our hearts. And um, you never know, you never know when you knock on the door or when cash mill is going to arrive, you never know who you're going to face, good guy or actually a victim. What would be, because I think you guys should read the book, maybe you already did and I don't know, but, uh, you know, in uh, how to face uh, a scammer, what to do when you feel and believe somebody is falling victim of uh, a scam, because as you were saying, there is shame, people don't really share, or people really believe is uh, a potential girlfriend or boyfriend that they have on the other side of the planet. Uh, so there are many reasons why not immediately people realize there is a scam. So, which is uh, the best suggestion that you will share for family members uh, that may have a doubt that somebody's falling victim of a scam? I always recommend get as much information as possible. It, it's it's really hard when it's someone else being scammed, you know, and I get emails from people all the time of being saying, like, my mom is being scammed by a romance scammer. It's like a lot, the, the psychology of this goes so deep that sometimes, and we've seen it firsthand, no matter how much proof and information you can give somebody, some it's not enough. Um, as, as, as best as I can recommend is to just not judge, not make any potential victim feel judged. 
it, the shame and embarrassment is, is one of the biggest reasons why people will not talk. Um, the best you can do is ask questions, encourage them to ask questions and um, get as much information as possible. Unfortunately, when it comes to a victim, you know, they, they have to want the information. Otherwise, you can throw the information at them. It's not going to mean anything, you know. But it also depends on which scam we're talking about. If it's Roman scam, it's a one strategy. If you have like refund scam, you know, like you have to call your bank, you have to notify the provider of your credit card, bank, change the passwords, make a um, call fraud department, make a police report. So um, it's it's a lot of steps that you need mm -hmm. to do and making sure the person who did a remote connect to your computer, bring your computer to a real computer shop and making sure you uninstall everything, whatever websites, whatever apps you downloaded, you have to clean your computer and uh, and block that number, never call, like never answer that number again. And that's why it's very important to go. As of right now, we have audience on social media platforms. Hopefully soon it's going to be national network, but it's very important to educate awareness. It's very important to talk to parents, talk to people that you love and explain, hey, if uh, somebody want, wants you to pay taxes with, uh, with uh, Best Buy uh, gift cards, you know, like it means it's a scam. You know, you cannot pay government with gift cards. So there are a couple of things that is obvious that it's, it's, it's a scam. And, and also we actually work very close with, um, and you know, it's a shame plug uh, with Guardio. And, uh, and the reason why a lot of people losing money because they allowing other people remotely to get access to a computer. And 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 guard will block. It's going to be like that blocker that you don't have to even you know go and um, be involved in all these. So it, it's a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah, nowadays guard.io/trilogy scam prevention right. <laughs> way easier than scam uh, reversal. Right. So. We're gonna convince them to be our sponsor as well. Maybe there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, okay, last question, and then we are closing this thing. Um, what would be the role, uh, not the law enforcement, but of a bank, for example, to uh, stop something like this to happen? Because people go there with strange requests for money. On the other hand, it's their money, so they should be allowed to take them. But uh, maybe Tyler can understand that something is wrong, right? Um, is there something that you believe the regulator should change some rule to protect the potential victims? Or uh, there is, as you say, if somebody is paying taxes with the Best Buy gift cards, Miss cannot even make the reasoning that potentially that is a scam because a regular person would immediately, you know, see the red flag there, right? So where is uh, the point where these kind of people should be uh, protected from... Uh, you know, doing something silly. It's it's tricky. Yeah, you know, tricky. Uh, it really just comes down to awareness uh, for for victims. And you know, I, I I love when I see in grocery stores, you know, and and they should do this more. But you know, putting up warning signs in the gift card sections that if anyone that you don't know is asking you to buy these, that that's that's a red flag. Uh, in sometimes cashiers will even be in tune to that, which is great. You know, yes, tellers being aware of of uh, random wire transfers and opening new accounts. I mean. All, all those mitigating factors are great, uh, but at the end of the day, the victim needs to be aware of what the red flags are. Otherwise, the scammers are going to convince them to go around these loopholes and find a way to send that money. So uh, awareness is key as much as we can. And that's where we come in. You know, we're not law enforcement. We can't put scammers in handcuffs, but we can expose and shine a flashlight on every step of the way that these scammers use and force them to change tactics. And then it's like a constant cat and mouse loop. But 
Um, awareness is, is most important as, as much as you can be aware of the red flags, as much as you can convince, especially our elders, to ask questions, no matter what, especially when you're getting unsolicited requests to do things from people you don't know. Or somebody forcing you, somebody yeah. put urgency like, hey, you're going to get arrested immediately. They want you that you will make that rational decision on the spot. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell your wife, your husband. Don't tell your kids. Go immediately to Best Buy, Walgreens, Target, buy those gift cards and pay, pay, pay because you're going to get arrested. That's why it's important to take a break, hang up the phone, rethink and go talk to your family. Hey, somebody's forcing me to do this. And that's what they want. That in the five, 10 minutes, force you. Don't talk to anybody. Don't tell anybody. Go, 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 go. So it's just like, it's good to step back, think, reload and make a decision. A very beautiful point, actually. And, uh, well, guys, I would like to stay here and talk to you for another three hours. You are, you are entertaining, even in a simple conversation like this. It's pleasant <laughs> to see you and have this chat with Quite you. Uh, maybe in the future we can have another chat uh, if it's uh, something you guys like. Uh, for everybody else, uh, thank you for listening. Who is watching us, thank you for watching. And uh, we're going to see you next time in Breaking Banks Europe. Uh, this is your host, Roberto Wodiesi, our guest, Ashton and Art. Uh, thank you very much. Спасибо большое. До свидания. You speak in your own language. I'm going to speak my own language. Ashton, speak English. Oh, thank you very much. Ciao. Пока-пока. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.